It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual selves. And my goodness, we have gone through 2020, we've gone through 2021, and here we are into 2022, and stress is still a major, major portion of everyone's life. We've kind of made it through the two years plus of pandemic concerns, and of course now we have um, you know, certainly um, I would say the biggest concern is what is Russia going to do and how are people in the Ukraine going to cope and where are they all going to go to uh, to live a new life and are we going to have World War III? And that is what I'm hearing a lot of. So uh, again, the show is all about looking at how to maintain your health intellectually, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Um, when you go to my website, which is www.synergyconnectionradio.com, you're going to find, I think the latest is 21 pages of uh, recorded shows there over four years. Uh, we are also obviously on podcast, uh, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio and Google. And so that's the podcast platforms that you can also find the show at. But when you go to the website, you're going to notice a banner there for Boomers Forever Young. And they are a sponsor of the show. I have used their products for over five years. I attribute using their products to my health and wellness. And if you don't have that, it's really hard to get the other three. You know, your spiritual life, your emotional life, and your intellectual life are tied very closely to how you're doing physically. And there are two areas that doctors, when you go in for your physical, if you don't ask for this, you're not going to get the answers. One is a C-reactive protein test. That will tell you the level of inflammation in your body. And I can't even tell you how important that is. Every disease begins with inflammation. So you want your number to be below one. Uh, mine is a 0.3, if that gives you any idea as to how these products work. Um, the other number that you absolutely have to know because we're all so stressed and stress reduces your immune function in your body. And I have no idea what uh, people's immune function is these days after two and a half years of stress, but I don't think it's probably very good. So you want that number to be above 70. It's a simple blood test. Both of these are. So when they draw blood to do the regular labs, they can add these tests to that blood draw. So you're asking for a D as in dog three test, and that test will give you your immune function. Again, you want it above 70. Most of the time when a person has that done, it's down in the 40s. And so I'm encouraging everybody to uh, at least take 5,000 international units of vitamin D3. It's very inexpensive and it is so worthwhile to move your immune function up because you never know what you're going to encounter out there. And we have seen that 
with you know certainly the coronavirus over the last couple of years and the fact that it morphs it changes the way it attacks people so you have to keep your immune function high if uh, you go to um, boomers forever young you'll be able to go into their website they have a podcast with a lot of shows about health they have testimonies they have uh, blogs they have videos so for goodness sakes educate yourself and then when you decide that you want to order something from them, if you use my name in the discount checkout area, if you just put in L-U-C-Y, then you're going to get $5 off of each and every order. So go ahead and take advantage of that um, and, you know, check out their products. I, I can't encourage you enough as far as the importance of staying healthy. The rest of it will come, but you got to have that foundation. Okay, I have as a returning guest, Lynn Cochran Murphy. And Lynn and I have done, I think, three shows together already. Um, and she is a Theta healer. Um, she describes herself basically as a healer and teacher for deep lasting change. Uh, small changes are fun, but if they don't last, then you gotta do them all over again. So these are gonna be changes that will reshape your life. She works with releasing the past, removing limiting belief patterns, and helping a person to heal both emotionally and physically. So welcome back to the show, Lynn. Great to have you here. Thank you, Lucy. I'm really glad to be here again. I enjoy our conversations. Well, I'm glad you enjoy them. I'm too, it's too bad we're so far apart. You know, Florida and you're in Arizona. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like you're around the block from me, but, you know, through recordings, we at least get to see each other and uh, kind of know what each of us does, you know, in our own personal lives and how we're trying to help the planet, you know, heal, I think. And we do that one person at a time. And I'm so grateful for this platform for Zoom. Because it's kept us going the last couple of years, you know, so that I can I can see my sister in person, you know, right here on the screen, or I can, you know, work with people. I also work with my clients in Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Thank well, goodness. If we, if we hadn't had that, I'm not exactly sure what any of us would be doing, you know, that do what we do. And I'm not sure mm -hmm. how people would have um, managed you know, the stress, I mean, they've handled it as best they can, but not being able to see loved ones, not being able to, you know, function mm -hmm. socially, um, that's been incredibly tough for everybody. So I, I'm it's hoping that we are at the end of that era and maybe in our lifetime, we won't see anything like that again, at least I hope not. So you're gonna talk about Theta Healing and people that don't have a clue as to what that even means, how would you explain what is theta healing and, and what do you do with it? Okay. If, if you think about the different brainwave states that we go through in a day, that our brainwave sometimes are moving quickly and sometimes they're moving slowly, depending on if we're asleep, if we're awake, how engaged we are. If we're meditating, they're very slow. If we are in conversation and really engaged, they're very fast. So the theta state is 
a meditative state. It's where the brainwaves slow down quite a bit. And the miraculous part of it is when a person switches to theta state, they also have access to a great deal of awareness or consciousness, information, connection beyond our ordinary daily states, which is mostly um, alpha. So theta is something that um, is taught. It was created, theta, sorry, theta healing was created by a woman who lives in Montana. Her name is Viana Stibble. She wrote a book, Theta Healing, and teaches us how to do this. From there, you practice, 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 so that quickly you move into the theta state, and then you have access to so much more information. Her, her work is very um, remarkable. She, I wanted to point out that she's probably the most loving person that I've met that I didn't know personally, but I felt and saw the love just emanating from her. So I think that that's important because she didn't do this for herself. She did it for humanity. So she teaches it. She taught so many of us how to do it that now we teach it. And she only teaches instructors. So theta healing is something that once you practice it, you just move to that brainwave state. And from there, you do the work. It is like prayer. Theta isn't, but the work is like prayer. It is changing beliefs. It is intuitive work. So I'd like to give you an example. Um, a college professor that I worked with wanted a position. And she interviewed and interviewed and interviewed and always got turned down. So in talking with me about it, we worked on it. And what I could see from the theta state was that she had a belief that her students couldn't do well without her, that if she moved on, her students would be lost. They would struggle, her college students. It was just a belief. There was no fact behind it. So what we did is change the belief for her that she couldn't abandon them. And clearing it is where I go into Theta. I ask Creator to um, pull that belief and replace it with something positive. And I usually state what the positive thing is. And I ask the person I'm working with, do you want this? Don't do anything without the client's permission. So do you want to know that um, I can reach thousands of students? All students thrive after I'm finished with them. You know, so that your belief system switches to something positive. Right. That the world doesn't depend on you as an individual, you know, being there forever. Anyway, so um, we cleared that she could see a much bigger picture after that. And the very next position that she interviewed for and wanted, she got. 
So it was just a matter of identifying what was the limitation that was holding her back. And it was just a belief. It didn't serve her in the long run. So her belief basically was, if I abandon my students, they won't thrive. They won't, you know, succeed in life. And so that fear alone kept her from moving ahead with her own personal life, because I have to stay here to guide and encourage and nurture my current students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Later on, she wrote to me and said, by the way, I'm moving now to California and I'm going to be working at this college. And thank you so much. My life has really opened up. And so she's, yeah, now she's thriving too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't it? It's so fascinating to me that, you know, we can hang on to a belief that even started in early childhood, maybe, you know, with a teacher that saw you as a hyperactive kid in his or her classroom and labeled you as such. And so you carried that belief with you into your adulthood and you basically are telling yourself, no, I, I can't sit still. I can't focus. I can't do this. And I can't. So you're coming from a limiting belief and how many times we do that to ourselves unbeknownst, you know, to us personally, we don't have a clue that we're even doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think of some of the things that, that my mother said, or my grandmother said, or my stepfather said, that I've had to clear out of my, like, those aren't relevant. One was something about being, oh, lazy, lazy, because my stepfather would, he projected that onto everybody. And so as an adult, I would have to be like, I'm not lazy. Why do I think I'm lazy? My God, I have, you know, I work full time and I'm working on a college degree and I'm doing this and I do like, I have no evidence I'm lazy. Why do I say that to myself? And it was it was just because of that. Because I was a young teenager and he was he was who he was. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I took it in and fortunately now I have the tools to let it go. Well, one of the things that I suspect you also work with with people are um, I, I know a number of individuals who will say, I can't lose weight. So, you know, here we are, we're two years after the pandemic started. I've had doctors that I've spoken with in regard to the pandemic uh, who have said, you know, it's no longer the freshman 15 that people used to say you go away to college and you're eating pizza and comfort food, you put on 15 pounds. With COVID, it has been the COVID 30. And 30 pounds is a lot of weight for somebody, you know, to begin to lose. And then if you have the mindset, I can't lose weight in my family, everybody's heavy. You're going to maintain and hold on to that weight because your cells are getting that message. And one of the things that I explain to people is that our cells are listening to us all the time. We have, you know, 50 trillion cells in our body and they all react to our thoughts and our beliefs. So if those cells that hold on to fat are going, whoops, you know, here, we got to maintain and build, then they're going to have a much more difficult time getting healthy. Would you, would you say that you see some of those individuals yourself that are dealing with weight issues? A few of them. Um, I think, I think that they might bring up health or weight first. But then as we talk, 
what we start finding is underneath it is is pain Mm. or grief or something unresolved or guilt. And if we go into what is causing that and can I help them release that, then the other stuff kind of takes care of itself. Okay, so the weight comes off because that was a protection. It was a protection. And that's I that I've found many, many times that weight is a protection. That a person feels like, well, if I'm bigger, you know, I'm seen. If I'm bigger, I'm um, or if I'm bigger, I'm not seen because of our, our culture. Um, or that it protects me from the emotional jabs in life. So uh, I think that um, it's a really big topic because it affects so many people, women more than men. So again, I I focus on um, health, health and what you are saying to yourself. And I love that you brought that up because we reinforce it. I can't lose weight. I'm going to lose weight. I can't lose weight. (laughs) You know, it's like, of course you can't. So let's change your self-talk. Mm-hmm. Be aware of your self-talk and then project into it exactly what you really want. And I think that that's an important thing to stress because of how much attention we have to put on what we really want. Exactly. exactly. So it means that when you get up in the morning, maybe you start with affirmations or meditation. It means that throughout the day, you watch yourself talk and you replace it with it's really nice to have a couple of affirmations written down so you know what to you want to replace it with and then you can work with the therapist you can work with the healer to get at what's underneath it and pull that out and replace it with positives and i think then what we see is that shift you know where you just keep shifting into more of what you want and your weight will take care of itself um, I think that there are also other factors. There are, um, oh, medical factors. There are toxins. There's insulin resistance. There's so many reasons, too, besides our emotional state that keep the weight on. So um, in those cases, one of the things we do with theta healing is a body scan. Mm-hmm. So intuitively, I go from, I take my consciousness, I move over the crown of their head, they go into their body with their permission into their body. And I ask to be shown what is most important for this person to hear, see, and know um, about their health or about whatever their issue is. And I, it, it's amazing the things that light up and um, get my attention. So then I bring my consciousness out of them and I tell them what I see and I ask them what they want to work on of those things. So. <clears throat> I never know what's going to happen. I might think, oh, this person came to me for depression um, or this person came to me for anxiety. With one of my um, clients, and this was when I was still in training, I kept seeing this spot. And um, I made an assumption about what it was. When I asked her what it was, she said, oh, that's the place where my husband and I agreed that when he passed, I would keep him. I would keep him right here. Well, what was happening is it was causing a problem for her. An and internal, like a health problem for her because she was keeping. It, it was looking like a health problem to me, 
But what it was, was the heavy energy of a deceased person staying with her. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because when a person is deceased, they um, are meant to go to the light, not stay here. Mm -hmm. And the... um, their energy kind of deteriorates if they do stay here. They're not quite as light and bright as they once were. Oh, his has gotten heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And and he, because I can hear things like this, he he spoke to me and said, you know, I we didn't know, and I would really like to go now because I'd like my wife to be healthy and happy. And and so I explained to her and, and helped him move on. Yeah. And so... It, you know, that just cleared up, mm. totally cleared up after that. And of course she grieved, but she had been grieving and fighting grief all along anyway. So it needed to be completed. Right, right. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, when a person dies, their memories are always with you. You know, that's the part I think that hopefully they're positive, loving memories. But But those, you know, have... Um, a different quality, if you will, than um, holding on to grief itself. Grief itself is very heavy and uh, moving. I always think of a, a comment that actually Robert Schuler, I think, made many, many, many years ago. And he said, you know, you either go over it, under it, or through it, but you have to deal with it. You know, there isn't any way you can escape that whole process of grief. Yeah. So interesting. I lost a lot of people early in life. And the the grief, you know, like when you're really in the thick of it, it's overwhelming. And yet, I really trusted in the fact that it wouldn't stay that way forever. Mm-hmm. You know, that it, it would naturally heal. And I don't know why I thought that or knew that, but even when I was young, that I, I trusted in that because it's so heavy at first and it does get better. You just have to, I like the idea of using tools now, but you use your tools and get through it. Um, back then, I don't think I knew that. And it was just a matter of like waiting it out. Yeah. Also, I found... For me, understanding more about why a person died um, or died the way that they died. Everybody gets to die when, whenever their time is, you know, that's between them and, and source. Um, but the way that they die is a big deal. So um, the more I could look into it and get answers, that was, that was really helpful to me. Hmm. Was it helpful then to the person? that had been experiencing the grief maybe, and they were stuck. I think so. I think so. This was before I was doing this kind of work. When I think of um, the loss of my stepfather, it was, it was a sense of relief, kind of like with a much older person. He wasn't old, but it was, um, he had, he was an al- a practicing alcoholic, and he had lost the people he loved in life, and so he was at a loss. All he could do was drink more, and he didn't use any of those other tools or whatever um, that might have made a difference for him. Mm-hmm. And so when he passed, it was like, 
gosh, what a relief for him, you know, that he can go start over or do whatever people do on the other side. Right. And he's not in that suffering anymore. Mm-hmm. So I tend to, to look at it more like, like that. It's, and of course, it's easier with older people or really ill people where you see like, oh, they're out of their suffering. Right. I think with the younger people and so on, you have to go deeper to find your, your peace with it. Right, right. That's very true. Um, I um, actually have been working with a young person who had her grandparents on one side, both of them died, her grandfather on the other side just died, and her dog died. And so she had all four of, of the people, you know, including her dog, that were highly meaningful in her life die within nine months. And so, you know, for a young person, that's pretty overwhelming, but she's incredibly smart. And I had her do an exercise and I think it actually is beneficial for all members of the family. Um, And that's what's called an alphabet poem. And you start with A and you go all the way, you, you write it down in a vertical fashion. And so with every letter, you come up with a word or a phrase that represents that person. Mm. So A might be authentic, you know, B might be blissful, you know, but you try to weave it together to create this poem at the end. She did an amazing job with with the poem and read it to her mother because it was her mother's father. And of course, lots of tears. And, um, but, you know, it's something that when she's now, 25, 35, 45 down the road, I told her, I said, be sure you keep that, you know, put it in a special envelope that you can always go back and remember that those were your feelings and your thoughts about your grandfather at the time of his death, you know, and don't ever let that out of your sight because it'll be, you know, a very special memory for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That really crystallizes um, all those feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're fresh. You know, yeah. they're not like looking back 20 years, trying to remember everything that was special about a person. It's very, very fresh. So mm-hmm. it's a great way to do that. We're going to uh, take a quick pause here and we'll be right back. But uh, I want to take a moment out for a word from our sponsors, which are Boomers Forever Young. We'll be right back. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? have elevated blood pressure, experiencing weight gain, having problems with your immune system, getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever. And it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer products. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We've just been talking about grief and loss and how that has a tendency to impact our life for a lifetime, unless you kind of address it in some way and come to terms with it and allow yourself to grow and to move on. 
Um, so what are some other reasons that people will want to do a theta healing with you? Okay. Um, another example I can give you is a woman who came to me who um, had found that her liver was very unhealthy. And it was called um, non-alcoholic inflammation. And it's a precursor to cirrhosis. And you can, you can get that even without drinking. Hmm. Two, two things that we looked at was um, anger, because the liver is a place that stores anger. Every organ is metaphysically is known to hold different emotions. You know, you can imagine the heart and what it holds, that the gallbladder is different, et cetera. So what does the gallbladder hold? I'm just curious. I'm trying to remember. If I, if, if I remember, I'll say it. Okay. Um, I think it has to do with that bile. I was thinking bitterness. Bitterness. So, yeah, mm -hmm. bitterness, revenge, uh, anger, yeah. you know, something that's really caustic. Yeah, so the anger is, is more the liver, the gallbladder is more that bitterness. Okay. Yes. So um, so it required both things of talking about what are you angry about? And of course, she didn't even know she was angry that stage, mm -hmm. the beginning. Okay. And um, but we did repeated healings on it, having her visualize that it was cleansed by green light and then changed its color to where it was this really vibrant pink and red because they are pink and red when they're healthy. Um, without any white spots, without any yellow stuff. Um, so just a really healthy liver. And it changed to where um, her most recent scan showed a healthy Vibrant liver. It was so wonderful because um, liver disease is pretty, pretty serious stuff. Cirrhosis is, you know, it'll, it'll take your life eventually. But she went from heading in that direction to clear. And, and you know, we had it validated. So Whatever it takes to release the anger, we I can use theta healing with a person to help them release what they're holding on to. You know, the um, resentment is one of the things that you mentioned. And yes, that, you know, that there's usually a lot of blame, you know, that it's somebody's fault and you did this to me and so on. But when we release that, then all that energy drains away and we become healthier and probably easier to be around. I would say. Right. I would think so. What, what about, I'm, I'm really curious about this kind of situation with children that are adopted. So mm -hmm. many of them feel like they were abandoned and, you know, there were 101 reasons maybe why their mother and or father could not, you know, raise them. Um, a long time ago, it was more common because of economics and so you would, you know, put the child at the church doorstep, for instance, or at the doorstep to an orphanage. 
But I mean, those individuals grew up feeling like they were castaways. They were kind of thrown away. And I would think that that, you know, would just eat away at a person's self-concept, uh, their health and wellness for sure, uh, their ability to succeed in life. So have you worked with many individuals that are in those circumstances? The program with the belief of I'm unwanted mm -hmm. is often what a lot of the behaviors and problems that we see come down to. Because as a theta healer, you look at what is underneath this problem or this um, apparent belief. Mm -hmm. And I'm unwanted is, is, wow, it's a big one. And it takes more than one session usually to get a person out of that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like as you see with your work that multiple sessions make a huge difference. Anyway, um, the I'm unwanted, I ask creator to pull that for them with that person's permission and to replace it with, I'm loved, I've always been loved, I always will be, I am wanted, I'm precious, I'm special. Um, and then I might talk with the person about how parents, people have limitations and usually they do the best they can. Mm -hmm. um, and that often, if they're abusive to their children, it's because they were abused. Okay. They're not going to be able to give what they did never get. So <clears throat> we can also do healing along ancestral lines. So what we heal for this person is said to go back for seven generations and oh. go forward for seven oh. generations. Really? So that because we try to change it clear down to the DNA of the person. So, you know, like energetically, their aura changes, but on a cellular level, they're changing also. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, we may be talking about beliefs, but that's how interconnected everything is. We see things as separate, you know, that, oh, I just have a cold. You know, it's just, but really you have a cold because... You know, right. and I think somebody was talking, maybe that was you, that was talking earlier about um, the connection between our health and our what's going on in our head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's, that's the way I see it. And by doing a body scan, I get that information for the person. Um, it, it really helps because... I'm getting it directly from them. Their body speaks to me versus my sitting and thinking, what's going on with this person? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and then that's another thing about theta healing. It's not me just applying a technique. It's me working in conjunction with source, or another word for God, um, with creator, so that I can tap into through higher consciousness information and bring that to the client. I can also um, see inside the client. I can hear things. I can know, you know, all those types of intuition. Um, I can feel it in my body, you know, like the client 
<laughs> finishing up with a client and I'm going, oh my gosh, my heart hurts. And she goes, well, yeah, that's because, well, <laughs> oh, okay, so you know, here's something else we need to address. Right. Wasn't my pain. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I in the past have talked about um, the chakras that are in our body. Those are just energy centers. And I would think with theta healing that you would be very aware of, you know, because let's say the root chakra is at the base of the spine. So if you had some health issues that were in that vicinity, you know, that you would be dealing with the root chakra and how to begin to heal that energy center, the same way with the solar plexus or the sacral or the throat chakra or the heart. I mean, there's six centers in our body before we get to the crown. And every one of those needs to be functioning in a healthy way so that the energy is not stagnant. Um, So is that kind of what you're seeing? Is it sometimes there's stagnation and then the person can't move forward until that area is healed? Often I will be seeing that the chakras when I do a body scan and the information comes in on multiple levels, but but like say the throat. So often the throat is blocked, or they'll almost be like um, objects that seem to be lodged. Mm. Same thing with the heart, you know, where the heart is the it's cloudy, it's receded, it's like not energetically available. And that's because they said, I swore I never would be hurt again. I'll never love again. (laughs) Things like that. Yeah. Um, The throat that when I speak my truth, you know, I get slapped. So I don't speak my truth. So and then we get with throat problems for sure. Absolutely. And we can clear each of those things to the extent that the person is ready to let it go. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I have to check for is this is it safe and possible for this person to release this? Because sometimes they're holding on to something really tight because they don't think it's safe to release it. They think it protects them. So we have to look deep. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, as a therapist for over 35 years now, one of the things that I have seen over and over and over again is anybody who has been sexually abused, male or female, they will end up with some sort of uh, clinical issue usually. And in many cases, you know, it can be drugs, it can be alcohol, Um, but in many instances with females in particular, they will have a weight issue because as you said a little earlier in the show, they think that by adding those extra pounds, I'm not gonna be desirable, therefore I will be left alone. I won't be raped, I won't have incest, I won't you know, whatever it might be that happened to them. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. um, And I've read it about research with Overeaters Anonymous, that there's a really high percentage of members of Overeaters Anonymous that have been abused, sexually abused. Or, you know, sexual abuse, although it can be the physical violation of the body, it can also be voyeurism or, you know, it's a continuum, Mm. I guess is how I would say that. So there's always so much to clear up. I think one of the toughest ones is when a person doesn't know that they've been sexually abused. They don't remember. Mm-hmm. And it's not my job to tell them. It's not appropriate for me to tell them this is what I'm seeing or suspecting or getting evidence of. It's for them to, to when, they are, when they ask, 
are ready, then we can look at that. But um, that's not something I would bring up. Right. Because, um, again, you know, what my own experience has been working with people is they believe they caused it. In many cases that, you know, something they did, something that um, they said or who knows. But I mean that they were responsible for the advance made to them. And, uh, you know, and so it's really very tragic. I I also um, in working with some men uh, that were sexual offenders, um, you know, they were looking for love. They were looking for that love from a mother, for instance, that never was able to provide it. And so the father figure, sometimes it was a step parent, sometimes it was the biological parent, but in looking for that love that they weren't getting from their partner or from the parent that they had, they will actually, you know, participate in sexually abusing a a young child looking for, again, that love that they never experienced. So it's so intertwined and um, not, a, not a difficult situation um, to, or not an easy situation, I should say, you know, to resolve. And so I think theta healing, because it's done at a different level, you know, does help that person release or let go of those uh, injuries. One of the things that we do for a lot of different situations is pull the shock and trauma out of their cellular um, system, but also out of their aura because it's it's lodged in both. Um, It's lodged in the amygdala and the hippocampus. So we pull that shock and trauma energetically Mm -hmm. um, to give them a little relief and then and this is probably more my counselor training because I'm a, a licensed substance abuse counselor that um, children blame themselves for things. So they don't, they don't have a point of reference that's, that's wiser or healthier. So right. they blame, they always blame themselves, whether it's the parents divorce or it's the abuse or the sexual abuse. Um, and I've even seen in adults who blame themselves, a a woman I know who was being hurt by her husband physically said, um, oh, but it's, you know, it's my fault because of the things I say to him. And, you know, (laughs) my response was, so you say awful things to him. He has a choice. He could leave. He could leave the house. He could leave you. He could say you're out of line or we have to go to marriage counseling or, you know, that he has a choice. But you're saying it's OK him to hit you because you were mean. No, right. he's an adult not as a punishment, much like a, a little girl would. If I you know, talk back to my mother, or my father, or my teacher, I will be punished. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where the. Um, the link goes. And it is amazing how, you know, we can have these beliefs and allow things to happen to us because of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why over and over again, I would recommend that a person reach out and get assistance. We can't do everything ourselves. You know, if you break your arm, you go to a doctor. Well, if you (laughs) were ideally, and then if you're, um, 
you know, your emotions, your heart has been trampled on, get assistance, go to a therapist or a theta healer. Mm -hmm. And there are other types of healers that, you know, I, I don't know about their methodology enough to recommend them, but I do know and trust theta healing. Mm -hmm. I want to give you another example of, oh, the theta healing opens our intuition. And I had a client that I worked with. She lives clear across the country. So we worked through the phone and probably about 10 times. And we have worked on her family, her, her thinking and feelings about her family, her health, uh, coworker problems. But I saw two really significant changes with her over time. And one was the last time I asked her, well, what about that coworker? How is that going? She goes, oh, I can handle her. It's not a problem. <laughs> like she didn't even need to talk about it because she had cleared up enough that she had moved on. So I thought that was, that was delightful. And the other one was how um, her issues now were receding so much that she had become really intuitive. And it's like she was clear and could be aware of other people and what was going on with them. That um, she is a counselor in a in a um, educational system of some sort, not a not a traditional school. And her intuition guides her now, in um, conjunction with her training and her skills. She's open to so much more information. So I thought that, that was really, really neat that like whatever, whatever weighed heavy on her, we've cleared that. Right. And now she can be like more fully present and be right. herself right. and make more of a difference for these people that she serves. Absolutely. Um, something that I point out to people personally is that the majority of our waking moments, 95% of our time, is spent intellectually figuring things out. So, you know, we check Google, we check a book, we check something, you know, to confirm that this is accurate. And so we're always thinking about, you know, the what, when, where, who, how kind of situation to confirm the direction maybe that we're going in. And only 5% of the time do we trust our intuition. And yet we have 50 million brain cells that are actually in our heart to help us make intuitive decisions. Mm. And so um, we will go there many times at bedtime, you know, we'll kind of think about our day. Yes. Um, or if we're meditating, you know, if, if but so many people don't meditate. Um, or if you're kind of trying to do mindfulness and pay attention to what's going on in the now, but only 5% of our time is spent intuitively. So it's learning to go there, learning to go to your heart center and checking a decision as opposed to making it intellectually. That is, um, that reminds me that the Theta Healing courses that I do teach, I teach six of them. Um, some are two days, some are three days. And all of that's on my website for people to look at and get more information. But in those classes, we show people how to connect in the theta state, how to have God consciousness or a higher consciousness, how to discern what is coming from a higher source 
and what is my own mind when blah, 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 or I think, or I judge. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then learning to really trust that, that you can access source, you can bring that information through. Right. I mean, if, if people don't make any decisions, let's just say for the last two years, without consulting their favorite pundit on television, or, you know, they're heading to Fox, or they're heading to CNN, or they're heading wherever they go, um, you know, then they are never checking in with themselves to say, does this feel right? You know, does this seem like it's accurate? They just go, oh, because they said it, it must be so. And we know that's not true. (laughs) Yeah, I had a a friend that was like that, that she would listen to um, talk radio shows on her little little transistor radio. And her views got so bent that it kind of changed from, this is a great friendship, um, to, wow, this is a difficult friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if, if like-mindedness um, feeds, if you will, then I think, you know, again, we, we saw an awful lot happen over the last couple of years politically, um, you know, environmentally, uh, health-wise. I mean, there's just so many feeders, if you will, coming out of these different systems. And, and yet, if we did trust our hearts and we just looked around, I mean, one of the beauties, and I, I hate to say it that way, but I think the pandemic taught us what we are really doing to our environment because we stayed home. And we that was were, powerful. Yeah, it was hugely powerful. And so um, Richard Attenborough is one of my favorite uh, naturalists. Are, are you familiar with him? I know his name, but I, I can't place it right now. Well, he did um, at the end of 2020. Uh, so I think it came out maybe in February of 2021. He did a whole year documentary of what changed throughout oh. the world because of the pandemic. And so people saw Mount Everest for the first time in like 30 years, the top of it, because it's always in clouds unless you're climbing it. Um, There was a place, I think it was in Uganda, that was a a place that uh, people would go to hunt, big game. And because nobody was traveling, the animals had taken it over, which was really fascinating. And one of the things I totally loved was the whales. Uh, They went to Alaska And the whales had not been able to hunt in their normal pattern. So in the past, you would leave, the mother whale would leave her baby and she would recognize the baby's cry. You know, that's how she knew it was where it was and the safety of it. But they would hunt in pods. Well, because of the pandemic, they were able to go back and do that. They had not been able to do that for years because of sightseeing boats that were coming in that placed their babies in danger. I've always wondered about that. That's good to hear. Yeah. So I felt like those whale watching things were not something I should be doing. Right. No, it, it disrupted, you know, everything that was there. So, yeah. you know, on the one hand, it's great to learn about wildlife. And on <laughs> the other hand, when you're disrupting their total environment, not Absolutely. so good. Not so good. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so um, you know, as we're kind of coming to an end to this show, mm-hmm. I know that you're going to be doing uh, a class. We talked about it before we started. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be in um, like May the 17th. You thought you would start it on Tuesdays. 
and it would run for four weeks. So maybe explain how you would be conducting that class and what people would learn. The emphasis of this class is the power of setting intention and working with other people. Um, I've been very much influenced by the book, The Power of Eight. God, I can't remember the exact name. But it's about how when we work in groups Mm -hmm. to create positive change, how effective it is. Mm -hmm. So that's what we'll be practicing is um, coming up with an agreed upon intention as a group and then um, energizing it, visualizing it, committing to it, and then meeting the next week and seeing what the results are. So it's a way to help change the world. It's just another way. It, it's a little different than um, you know, working as an individual, which is one way to change the world. But that when you um, team up, it's even more effective. I think that's why they have prayer circles. You know, a lot of churches do because they realize that praying individually certainly makes a difference. But when you have the capacity of maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 people praying for someone, the power of that is quite amazing. It reminds me of that saying um, from that I guess Jesus said that when one or more are gathered in my name Mm -hmm. and how I'm present. And so I think that it's it's the same kind of thing that we draw in more of the positives, more of the the grace of God Mm -hmm. when when we use these tools. So the next um, theta class is coming up. Um, Also, oh, I was going to look at the date and tell you. There's one in at the end of March on the 27, 28, 29. And there's um, an advanced class and two more of the advanced classes beyond that in April. And then I'll be scheduling another basic, because you always start with the basic class and then build your experience and your awareness and your tools. So I'm always offering those. They're on my website. And then the website um, is the one that I have that I would have put down on the podcast synopsis. Is it still lynncockrummurphy.com? Yes, with a hyphen between Cockrum Murphy. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So yeah, uh, exactly. they can click there and then they can sign up for any of these classes. If they've already had an intro class someplace, they could come in and take the second you know, division or yes, exactly. Because I, they're, um, the theta healing website that is maintained by the theta healing Institute, Mm -hmm. they keep records of everything. So yeah, a person could start with the second, third or fourth class, depending on where they're at. Mm -hmm. And there was something else I wanted to say about that. A website. It it includes my books. Um, I have five books that I've published. There are, um, oh, but the other thing is you can just sign up for a session and we can work through Zoom with the phone or in person. I see people in person um, when that's convenient. You know, not if you live in New York, but if you're here in Phoenix, Arizona. So 
um, you know, a one hour session or a package of, of four so that we can do deeper work and get more accomplished. So those are all available. Another way to reach me is through Calendly. A person can go into Calendly and look up Lynn Cockrum Murphy and um, just schedule themselves. And it'll pop up in my system and let me know that oh, I'm meeting with Marsha on Tuesday, 7 o'clock or 2 o'clock. So how do they find you there if they're not familiar with that? Um, it's under L. Cockrum, I believe is how it's set up. So they would just do calendar? Well, go into Calendly. And um, type in Lynn Cockrum, okay. and I should pop up. Okay. And um, it's a neat system because it'll say, you know, she's available Monday through Saturday and these hours. And if someone else is scheduled, then that hour won't be available for them to schedule in, right? right. So just just the hours I'm available. It's, it, it's kind of nice. You schedule yourself. I know other people who use it too. And um, you don't have to call them, you know, to get a session. You right. arrange it and then connect with them later, whether it's Zoom or right. however. Very, very good. Well, yeah. I want to thank you again for being on the show. And uh, I certainly appreciate your expertise in this area of theta healing. Um, is there any parting comments you want to make before we conclude? <sighs> One of the most important things to me is the discovery that we are love, mm -hmm. that our essence comes from the essence of all that is, right? That which created everything. We're part of that. And I see that as love and a creative force. We have learned or been told that we're separate from it and we're not. So, this process of reconnecting and remembering who we are is so valuable. It's so um, enriching that things that used to concern me don't. And I would want that for everybody. The other part of that is to practice it. When I go to sleep at night, I envision myself in a cocoon of love. I just surround myself with that, often a pink color, because pink is often symbolic of love, but where everything I need is present, and my, you know, my heart is full and overflowing, and it comes out into my aura, and that's often how I go to sleep at night, because that is the truth, and I want to live in the truth, the highest truth. Mm -hmm. and. Um, yeah, and not believe in the illusions. Right, right. I know that's basically the way I finished the book I wrote about the adventures of Miss Twigs and Company is that Brian, who is 11 years old, uh, has been taught by Miss Twigs, Penelope, and Mortimer that that is who he is. He is love, and he is to pass that information on to everyone he meets. Oh, so awesome. um, I think, you know, that's a beautiful place to end the show is understanding that who we are, our essence is really all about love. And you can't destroy that. It's an energy that will go on for an eternity. 
And I think it's the truth, even in the people where, where it's hard to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that they've covered up or that they didn't understand, you know, or they don't. Yeah, they forgot someplace. Yeah, yeah. Babies know. We're the same. Somehow we just forget it as we move through life. Right, yeah. right. Well, thank you again for being on the show. Appreciate it immensely. We will see you back uh, towards the end of July. And uh, we'll have more wonderful messages from you at that point in time. Thank you. I look forward to it. All right. Everybody go out there and please make this your very best life. And come back and join us next time for the Synergy Connection Show. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.